with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day, each and every week, right there for you at the Pop Culture Cosmos, wherever you get your podcasts and on radio stations worldwide. I want to also go and let you know that we also have Inside Sports Fantasy Football, keeping my fingers crossed that it's going to be a dull, low-scoring Monday night football game so I can move on to the championship round. And if that's the case, it's going to be a very interesting Inside Sports Fantasy Football because I could be facing off in the championship against one of my fellow panelists, Chris Lardieri of the Domination Sports Nation. So find out if that happens on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Also as well, I want to go ahead and check out Joe Soro. He was with us on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. He is also Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Also as well, of course, he has a company, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Also as well, of course, you got to go ahead and check out the Lakerholics crew of Laker Tom. You know he's not happy that the Celtics beat the Lakers. Find out his frustration today along with Jamie Sweet with those five things articles at Lakerholics.com. Also, as well, of course, our good friends, Lakers in Five. Also, as well, of course, John, John McCallion. Also, of course, as well, go ahead and check out what the guys, the Lakers Corner, the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, the John McCallion Channel, Lakers in Five. Also, as well, Daniel Barry Sports Highlights, all great channels. Please support them. But speaking of supporting great channels, it would be the best Christmas gift that you could give us if you could support us any which way you can. Like, share, subscribe, super chat, whatever you want to do. It is sincerely appreciated. And if that's the case from all of us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, we wish you the safest and happiest Christmas indeed. You know outside of the Lakers thing, of course, unfortunately, because the Lakers came into today Christmas Day matchup against the dreaded Boston Celtics. And the, I'll tell you what, the Lakers, unfortunately, were behind from the get-go, being down by as much as 18 points in the first quarter, looking lethargic, looking pathetic as a well-rested Boston Celtics team being here. Yes, I am pointing that out to the NBA since, I don't know what Joe's doing, but no, I'm going to try and ignore him while you're doing this. Since the Lakers had to come over from Oklahoma City and the Celtics have been here since what we're seeing with as far as them being here since Thursday in Los Angeles, I'm just tuning him out as best I can. But it is the Lakers, unfortunately, in the first half being down by you 18. You could tune me out on a cartoon, buddy. I'm tuning you out right now. Bye-bye. But when it comes to the <laughs> – I just can't. When it comes down to it, the Lakers did come back strong, though, in the second quarter and actually took the lead at various points uh, by just a small margin here and there in the late and second quarter and early in the third quarter. But adjustments were made by Boston. So reliant on the three-point shot in the first half, they realized that their bench crew is just not up to par. That's where they lost their lead. So they decided to stick more with their starters, stick more to an inside game. And that helped them out. Plus the Lakers did not adjust and also had a off game from LeBron and also Rui. Rui and LeBron not having good games helped the Celtics cause. And the Lakers, unfortunately, could not keep up with the Boston Celtics as they pulled away in the second half for a 126-115 to victory. And here today to discuss today's game, Another disappointing outlet as the Lakers fall to 16 and 15. They are still ninth place in the Western Conference because the Golden State Warriors also lost today. Good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He got off his sleigh in the middle of Toronto traffic to go ahead and stop by today. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here, my friend. Always good to have you here heading up our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break coverage. Big shout out to Laker Nick, who is a great part of that as well, along with Joe Soro and myself. Your thoughts, though, my friend, disappointing because Darvin Ham did not make the adjustments in the second half that was needed. 
and that's all they needed from Boston as they decided to go ahead and pull away from the Lakers today. Yeah, Gerald, it's, uh, it's so a couple of things are evident. One is um, a solid championship contending team normally doesn't have more than one person who you can really attack on the floor consistently over and over again, and Boston does not. They can throw out five guys who are consistently uh, competent defenders that can hold their own. At the end of the game, the end of the half, you can see we have multiple guys who can attack. You can attack Vando or Cam. You can attack LeBron at times. You can attack Prince. You can attack Reeves. That's what happened. Nobody really got cooking for them, Gerald. And D'Angelo Russell came in, did not give us the kind of defense that we needed. LeBron and Rui, as I stated, because Rodell didn't hear that part, no. had awful games. Rui was terrible from the outside until the very end when it didn't matter. LeBron could not hit a layup to save his life and terrible on the defensive end as well. He looked the all of 38 today. I get that. But the adjustments by Ham or lack thereof was where he got just really outcoached, as Joe will tell you here in a minute. But Magic Man, any, you know, any last thoughts on this before I send it over to Joe, my friend? Yeah, I mean, you know, Joe, look at look at look at the game. Thirty-one assists, eight turnovers for Boston. Nobody really needed to cook because because they decided it was going to be the Derek White and Drew Holiday show as far as making sure the ball keeps moving. And we didn't attack Derek White. We decided not to get the ball out of his hands. I said, we said during during the pregame and during last night, one of the benefits of having a team with long defenders is getting the ball out of guys like his hands and turning them into shooters. Didn't decide not to do that. Decided, nope, we're not going to play any kind of point of attack on Derek White or Drew Holiday. We just got to make sure that the ball gets out of Jason Tatum's hands uh, in three seconds or less. So is a piss poor uh, excuse for an adjustment as far as I'm concerned. I bit him right in the ass. Rodell just can't, doesn't see the game. He doesn't see the game on both sides. He says, oh, they just didn't make good shots. It's more just about the shots. Got to understand when LeBron is going down the middle and he's being covered and they close in the lane, you got to go ahead and make the shots. Absolutely correct. But adjust your game accordingly. When they are making adjustments in the second, when things look differently the way they play from one half to the other, you have to change accordingly. It's called matchups. It's called adjustments. It's called coaching. Unfortunately, Rodell can't see that. So I'm just going to go ahead and ignore him for the rest of the day. But also here today is also Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com. Joe, glad to have you here again. D'Lo, LeBron. Rui, because we're told we're not we're not uh, blaming LeBron enough when they lose. Of course, we should give him never give him enough praise when they win, and he scores forty today. He looked like a thirty-eight year old man. Rui shot like a thirty-eight year old man with two of nine from three. Those two coming, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, three of nine from three, and absolutely just couldn't get it done from the outside. And then, of course, also as well. D'Angelo Russell playing some of the worst defense at the worst possible times. It's unfortunate because AD had an all-time, he was having an all-time great game, and I'm talking from the moment the ball was tipped, and we couldn't take advantage of it. Even when they got back from being down 18 to take the lead, it, it they couldn't extend the lead to the point where they could withstand another run, which the Celtics are going to make. Uh, Missoula, for those who criticized Missoula last year during the playoffs, uh, of course, we tend to, as a fan, as fan bases all, in all sports, we tend to blame the coach anytime a game is is lost. It's always the coach's fault. That's not necessarily true all the time. Sometimes certain teams and certain players will will make the coach feel or look good or look bad. What we saw in the first five minutes of the third quarter was the difference between a, a good coach and a lackluster coach, because I don't. I, I it was 
the Celtics were playing a certain type of basketball in the first half that started not to work, which is they weren't making the three-point shots, which is what they rely on. Well, once, once they, they go to the bench, Joe, it is like a steep, very steep drop-off in talent. It is. And everyone on the Lakers team, other than a few role players, are scared to go to the hole. And even if they do, they're incapable of any consistency. Look, if you're worried about players making layups, it's not going to work very well for you. And on top of that, LeBron just had to pick tonight to have his worst game uh, this year. This is his worst game of, of this year. Uh, we needed him to play a good game. We didn't need him to be LeBron. Plus, we needed him just to play a decent game, and we probably win. Uh, but more than that is the Lakers, it's not just LeBron missing layups and also not being able to get enough guys that can contribute uh, like the Celtics role players do. It's 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 a lot of little details. Obviously, D'Angelo the, the Russell's inability to uh, recognize any kind of defensive philosophy or any kind of the, the defensive uh, adjustment. Uh, Austin Reeves obviously has some deficiencies there, but at least he's trying, and I'll give him that. Uh, there was some suspect calls also. I thought the, the, the officiating today was a little kind of soft. Would have liked them to have uh, let the guys play a little bit more. But there's a, there's a huge... And, you know, Rui also picked a bad day to miss those open shots because usually he makes those shots. But Torian Prince made up for that. So I'm not going to really get on Rui. I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it again. Guys, these guys are role players for a reason. We just need one or two guys to come through here to cover for the other guys, and they can take turns however they want. The issue, though, is tonight is the Celtics had more of those guys making an impact in the game. And on top of that, you had Coach Mazzullo, who – pretty much ran circles around Darvin Ham in the first uh and really in the whole third quarter in terms of getting out of what they were doing before and then not being able to execute what the way they wanted. They adjusted, they started attacking the paint more, they started getting to the basket more, understanding that they had an advantage there. And and Darvin Ham's return volley on that was to insert D'Angelo Russell. So and when you're when you're in a close game like this, this is probably one of the biggest issues with Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham, somebody needs to go tell Darvin Ham he's not Phil Jackson. Only Phil Jackson can let a run go from the opposing team and let them figure it out. You don't have a basketball philosophy or an execution or any kind of coaching acumen that would warrant you to do anything like that. What you should have done is you should have called a timeout after the after the Celtics were up five instead of waiting for them to go to 12. Because as soon as you did that, you put a nail in the, in the coffin at that point. And those little things, guys, matter. Those little things matter, and they matter even more when the stakes are much, much higher. This is just a Christmas game in December. Yes, it's an important game, but it's not dire because it's not a playoff series. But it, the, the Lakers either uh, somehow figure out a way to bring in some more talent here between now and February, or Darvin Ham is going to sink this team so far below the the seas. Uh, you, you're 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 not going to be able to recognize. You'll recognize the Titanic before you recognize where the Lakers are. So it's just it's unfortunate, guys. We we know the deficiencies this team has, and the only. The only way the Lakers get saved out of this is if somehow Rob can bring in at least a couple of guys that have really, 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 really valuable talent that can help this team. Otherwise, it's just not going to look like a team that's going to get out of the second round at best. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone version you know? that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound, 
There you go. Oh god. Yeah, that's that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yep. not the right ear. <laughs> I Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Sorrell and Magic Man Sean Grice. Thanks so much for watching and listening. The Lakers unfortunately get a lump of coal in their Christmas stocking with a 126 to 115 loss. They are now 16 and 15 on the season. They are in ninth place in the Western Conference. Still uh, just a, what basically a half game outside of the playoff window there. So even the play-in window. Magic Man, it is concerning that we continue to see this as regards to the Lakers. You don't know which team you're going to get. They are playing like a 500 team. One time they really look really good. Most of the times they've been looking really bad as of late. The thing that disturbs me the most, you talk about getting to the basket and the things that, that needed to be done as far as the easy layups, the easy shots. LeBron, you're saying he's looking more and more like Russell Westbrook at times, and I can't say I disagree with the, the amount of efficiency as far as heading to the basket there. But also as well, Jared Vanderbilt, you know, a good defender. Obviously, we saw glimpses of that today playing head up against Tatum. Jason Tatum looking really good, but driving to the basket, he was wide open for a layup, absolutely wide open, decided to never even look at the basket directly above his head and pass out. That tells me that's a player that just is, does not have or not coached to know exactly what's going on and also evaluate the best options for the team at this time, Magic Man. I agree, Trill. Yeah, I Definitely a, a lack of uh, coaching and definitely a lack of confidence. I mean, that that sequence right there was really important. Lakers are down one, 110, 102. Vanderbilt makes that layup. All of a sudden, it's a six-point game. Uh, a little life comes back into the arena, and then who knows what can happen after that. But he, he bailed out, and uh, it was a really questionable pass anyway. Uh, for a bad three-point attempt. Um, and then Derek White came down the floor, Gerald, made a bucket, and made it a 10-point game. Uh, Joe often talks about those four- to six-point swing uh, sequences. That was one of them. And, you know, there's a time and a place for everything, but you got to finish that. I agree. I agree, absolutely. So let me ask you this, Magic Man. When you have a team that you think is better out there than what they're showing off. And right now, again, it's been an up and down roller coaster ride and the five, just barely above 500 record exemplifies that. What are your thoughts on, on where this Lakers team needs to go tomorrow? You and I are going to have a bigger discussion on the, or the organization as a whole. Cause I think there's some little things out there that this team is doing wrong. That is really starting to irritate me and it's starting to build up into something bigger but when it comes to this team that's out there on the floor, whether it's non-adjustments by ham or whether it's just mistakes, missed shots, this team just does not put it together for any length of time outside of what we've seen with the NBA Cup. Yeah, no, Gerald. It's um it's um it's it's strange. They can't really put forty eight minutes together consecutively for more than like four to five games at a time. That that's pretty much the apex. I'm I'm not sure why. Hard to explain. It's where we are. Um, it's it's look the billow the billowing cloud is that one score isn't going to solve these problems. If you if you bring in a score that's great, that means you've taken one of D'Lo or. Uh, Cam or Vando off the floor. That being said, two of them are still on there. And this team, this team's Achilles heel at the end of games is team's ability to find not just, not just Austin Reeves. They can hunt Prince Gerald. They can hunt LeBron if they want to. Everybody pretty much except AD is on the menu. But for, seems opposing, like it. for opposing teams at the end of games. So, they the Lakers really need to come up with a with a plan here, Gerald. If you can get 
Uh, another defender who can shoot a little bit, not a lot, but shoot a little bit, and that can hide the uh, one of Vando or Cam, and that score, that would go a long way. But one score is not going to solve these problems because at the end of the game, you still have at least two or three players who can be attacked on multiple possessions by multiple multiple people. We saw it today, Gerald. The, the, the Celtics didn't really do a lot of fancy stuff, man. They really didn't. They put they put Cam and Vando in a lot of flex situations and Prince as well. And Porzingis was able to eat it up. I mean, Gerald, I've never seen Kristaps Porzingis score that easily before. So it, it, it's a multitude of issues right now from game to game. And they need to... They need to solve it internally until until January 15th because that's the only time that things are going to uh, get a little bit better. There's nothing to suggest that they can improve internally at this point. Try, try moving the deck chairs around the Titanic, Gerald. I know. Uh, I don't, Reeves is the GOAT. Uh, are you sure, Homelander, you really want to say that, the way he plays defense? But... It, Joe, let me ask you this. You know, Laker Tom on our Lakerholic spotlight on the weekend, he just re- continually preaches the Lakers need to shoot more threes. The Lakers need to shoot more threes. The Lakers need- go ahead, Magic Man. Go ahead. Yes. I knew you were gonna bring that up, Joe. That's why I, that's why I wanted this question asked. Sure. In the six years that Rob Palinka has been GM of the Lakers, Gerald, what roster was the best one he put together with three-point shooters around LeBron James and Anthony Davis? It's a good question. Unfortunately, maybe you have to say the first one that took them to the title. Yeah. And that wasn't a great shooting team. No, they're not the great shooting team. And it's probably the – I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's the worst three-point shooting team LeBron's ever won a title with. Um, yeah, it's – like. So, you know, people can talk through through the teeth, through the nose, Gerald, about Palinka getting more shooting, more shooting, more shooting. What evidence is there that he knows what good shooting is around LeBron AD? Well, the Lakers shot 40% from three, but that was buoyed by a lot of those last-minute uh, shots by Rui Hashimura that he made and a couple others as well, but Joe, I know that uh, Laker Tom has stressed shooting more threes. I'm not sure if that's entirely the answer. There's obviously a lot more to it, what the Lakers need to do as far as that's concerned, both on the offense and defensive end. They're playing, like you said, right now as a 500 team at best, and that's not going to get it done in the Western Conference. With all due respect to the Laker Tom, uh, for a guy who coached basketball, he's done basketball uh analytics at this service if he was uh 30 years younger i'd challenge him to a one-on-one game and dunk on his ass but i digress um this team does not need to shoot more threes that needs to be more efficient uh and they've shown evidence of that and their title winning team and i i'm going to start fading away from the 2020 team the more we start talking about things because i i feel like we we revert to that to justify our 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 understanding of what's going on now when in fact it doesn't it's it's actually much much clearer why that team won versus why this team is not the reason why that team won wasn't because of uh they were shooting well or not it was it was the example of what you saw in the third quarter there's this basketball iq that's missing that that team had and their ability to understand their roles and understand spacing and understand when what where and how they had it this team does not have it you have players who are afraid to hit layups. You have players who have no idea how to stay in front of their men or to get enough space between them to at least give 
the defense behind you a shot. It's a layup line. It turned into a layup line in the third quarter. That was the frustrating part. Now, you would think that by watching a layup line, you would think that the coach would be like, what's going on here? And stop that momentum. And he doesn't do that. Darvin Ham doesn't know what the F he's doing. Or he's not very bright. So, this is a very difficult thing to say. But it's making me feel like it's more of the latter. And that's scary. When it comes to D'Angelo Russell... It's a matter of simple focus. He doesn't have the correct focus. There's been plenty of guys out there that are not defensive stalwarts that can use spacing, use the advantages they have. They have the, what my, in my opinion, the, the defensive player of the year, as long as he finishes his year out playing 75 games or more behind him, why not use that? That usually helps. But that's not the kind of player D'Angelo Russell is. Austin Reeves at least does his best and answers it on the other end of the floor to some degree and gives the opposing the opposing team something to worry about there at least. And then, of course, you have the, the, uh, the Cam Reddishes and you have uh, the Jared Vanderbilts who are so offensively challenged. It just it's impossible to play those guys extensive, ex- extensive minutes and truly feel comfortable no matter what state of the part of the game it is, whether they're down, whether they're up, it's just they can very easily take you out of a game by missing shots or making really dumb decisions with the shot or getting taken advantage of on defense. See, and that's the thing. There is no such thing as a shutdown player, especially when it comes to playing elite players like, let's say, J- uh, Jason Tatum. You, no matter how good of a player you are, you can't stop those guys. So then if you can't stop those guys and they're just getting whatever they want, well, you just made it even worse because you're not doing anything on the other end either. The The way to stop or to contain star players is to make them work on both ends of the court. That's, that's a big part of this too. So if they know that, hey, Cam Reddish, he can't shoot. I don't really need to put a lot of effort in that. Uh, we definitely know Jared Vanderbilt isn't going to try to, you know, make a layup, even though he's literally a foot away. When they know that, that that's 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 when those runs, that seven eight zero run goes. That's that's when it happens. But it doesn't seem like this coach recognizes this. He doesn't recognize that he needs to put a stop to it if he can't dictate the talent that he's using. Right? Because the Lakers brought in this talent. It wasn't necessarily Darvin Ham. But can you use what you can use and combat it as best you can as a coach? The answer right now is no. The answer is no. Darvin Ham just does not know what he's doing. uh, And it doesn't look like he's very bright. And that is very scary. That is a very scary thing. Now, as far as the blame tonight, ultimately, unfortunately, this is LeBron. LeBron's missed layups are just absolutely a a, a gut punch and he had a lot tonight we don't know where this game would have went had he made those baskets uh 38 years old or not i'm sorry folks you're six eight who can still jump out the building you cannot miss those layups you cannot and for the love of god stop playing like you're a soccer player you get hit stop acting like you got shot by a 12 gauge Please, you look like a dumb jackass. Enough. Even AD hasn't been doing it this year. Okay? Just enough. Enough of this. You get hurt? Okay. Just stop acting like you're dying. That's all I'm asking. And that sets a precedent, too, in a lot of ways to me. I don't know. I might be picky on that. But the Lakers got beat by a better team tonight. They could have won this game if they had if LeBron had played over his head a little bit. That's usually how this works. But in the long run, folks, in a seven-game series, this is not going to work. Uh, Rob Palenka has a lot of work to do between now and in the next six weeks. If he doesn't get reinforcements, at least gets one big that can help AD rest or one sc- and one score, 
the Lakers are not getting out of the second round at best. That's just what's what's in the future of this team right now, based off what I'm seeing. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 126 to 115 on Christmas Day. Nick, Laker Nick, sent us a great thing over here as far as from Twitter. He sent us a message while we're on the show tonight. Magic Man, Darvin Ham says his message to the Lakers after the loss was that he doesn't feel like the Lakers have a major gap in talent or competitiveness with any team in the league, but that the team has to focus better on the details to maximize its potential. Now, Joe discussed focused in what he was just saying as part of the reason why D'Lo is not at the level that he's at. Your thoughts on that, my friend, on that, you know, after listening to what I just said, what Darvin Hammond stated in his press conference. That's clever. That's clever by him. Because it's almost as if, it's almost as if he's saying, well, uh, I actually have all the talent I need. We're just not paying attention to the little things. Gerald, he's wrong. The last part, the last part of his sentence is correct, but that would be correct on a bad team, good team, great team. You can make that uh, uh, humdrum, ho hum, cliched statement all day. He's got at least one, two, three guys at the end of games who you can attack over and over again. Reezer Delo on the floor with Prince. There's there's two out of the three. Barbecue chicken, Rui, Vando, or Cam, two out of the three. At some time, at sometimes three, depending on the athletic prowess of the the other team. That's barbecue chicken. The only one you really can't take advantage of is AD, and AD can't be in four places at once, Gerald. So, while while honing in on those small details, I think would mitigate or try and hide some of the problems we have with our guys getting attacked drill overall we're, we're still going to have the same problems we had last year in the western conference finals we have at least three guys on the floor that could be played off at any time because they will get eaten alive well it's also they're not playing the same type of game that they did transition and getting to the free throw line more than their opponent. They're not mm-hmm. as transition as much as they have been in the past. We saw glimpses of it today but they got because outshot at the free throw line by a considerable margin today. Right, because we have also have a 39-year-old superstar that has to conserve his energy, and he's dropped off his production in the paint by about 300%. He doesn't take the drives to the rim as he did previously. That's that's why his, lay, his missed layups, they're more pronounced, and they, fe- they feel heavier than they used to feel, Gerald. I understand that, but the fact is he's not taking the kind of liberties driving to the rim as he did before, even even four years ago. Um, so it, it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss because you've kind of had to change the way your offense plays. But I agree with you. In transition, give him the ball to have every opportunity to attack because, Gerald, what I'm noticing is it's a technique issue as well. When you're going to the rim on a layup, you actually, it's, it's no secret, you want to be at, off at least one foot with a little bit of space with your body facing the rim, Gerald. LeBron is met at the rim by at least one opposing uh, defender. Sometimes it's two or three, and they're changing angles, and they're forcing him to either shimmy away, use his right, side of his body more so than his left which is where he's comfortable going Gerald as we know and it's 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 a merry it's a mixture of of bad technique <clears throat> he's driving less and teams teams are able to adjust on it so the Lakers have to find a way to really take advantage of this and 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 hammer it home because you need that third score to open up space if he's going to drive if we have the same personnel or slightly different maybe maybe a a shooter with uh with a reputation or so even so teams are still gonna sag off until we actually prove that we could do it um 
So I, I agree with you that the fact that Ham has decided to change the the protocol, the standard operating procedure, and how we get points, not working, not with the, not with this crew. Joe, let me ask you this: AD comes back with a brilliant performance again, forty points, thirteen rebounds, four assists, and a block shot. Did play times when when he was pulled out to the perimeter. He did play excellent defense at times on Jason Tatum. The thing is when he's playing like this, as he has been for past couple of weeks, we've talked about before the inconsistency that he's had. Well, he's not been inconsistent at all. These past two, three weeks, he has been giving you game after game after game of high productivity. Yet the Lakers have wasted almost all of those games. It is so irritating to me that we ask for AD to be more consistent and he becomes more consistent, yet the Lakers are not able to capitalize on it, Joe. Yeah, and losing to losing those three before the Minnesota game were really debilitating. Really, deb- I mean, you, if you if you go into tonight's game, understanding that you you lost in Minnesota, which that's a good team, you go into Oklahoma City and win, you can look at this loss as a, you know what, we're playing a really, really good Boston team. You know, it's okay. We're, we're still kind of rolling. But it's worse tonight because you lost to San Antonio, New York at home. I don't care how good Jalen Brunson is. You shouldn't have one guy, just, you know, that you shouldn't have one guy that's good, very good, beating you no matter what. Especially when you have Julius Randall on there as well, who's all you all you need to do is just flicker him on the on the elbow and he'll get flustered, right? And then on top of that, you lose to Chicago. This is not this is not a oh well you know. Uh, we 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 were tired. We were you, you should, we're tired of what? We're tired of you, Darvin Ham. We're tired of your inability to think and make decisions, and you're not able to inspire your fifty-fifty guys. Fifty-fifty guys are guys like Jared Vanderbilt, guys like Cam Reddish. Guys like Rui Hachimura, they're 50% ass, 50% good. That's who they are. That's what they do. Now, Rui's getting paid a little bit more money than those guys, but that happens. It's a matter of the market and timing a lot of times, just what it is. But to me, the value that Rui has, the value that Cam Reddish has, and uh, guys like Jared Vanderbilt, they're pretty much the same in terms of either they're going to play good or they're going to play bad. They don't really play consistent game in and game out. I'd say Austin Reeves is that guy after he got out of his little funk at the beginning of the year. Austin Reeves is going to give you pretty much the same thing every game from a role player standpoint, but that's about it. And then as far as D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell right now is 80-20. And and you guys know what the 80 is. (laughs) And uh, Lakers can't afford that. They just can't. I mean, they sat LeBron pretty much half of the third quarter because Darvin Ham had no choice. He's like, this guy seems to be off. His 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 uh, leg got shot off apparently based off how he reacted to that knee to the back. Now I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've I've done a lot of things in my life where I've need somebody in the back purposely, and I've never reacted like that after I've need someone in the back. So I don't know what kind of pain threshold uh, LeBron has. I don't know what kind of uh, Oscar-winning performance he's trying to put, up, put put together here. But I would really like for someone to go to him and say, can you stop doing that, please? You're not only wasting our time, but you look like a damn jackass. Enough. We've seen it enough. It's almost like every game now. And while you're at it, can you stop missing layups? That's it. That's how I would react. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Where we the stand La- here is exactly where we're standing. Sorry, you want to? You want to? No, you were commercial. No, you were actually uh, no one. You lost. You're you had a lost signal. Signal. So I was like, oh, sorry. Covering covering yeah. the gap. It's like Joe was like, 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> I have a pretty good signal here, so I don't know. I must have been a little bit of a glitch here. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, my my thing right now at this point is this more. Uh, can 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 you guys? I don't know. I asking these guys to do what ultimately I would want them to do is just not going to be very realistic. Uh, we're going to have to sit back and wait to see how this develops. We're 31 games in. Uh, after after tomorrow or after this next game, there'll be exactly 50 games left in a season. We'll see how this ends. I guess we'll see how this ends in the end. Once again, it is the Lakers losing 126 to 115. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice and Joe Soro, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Pretty good house tonight. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. I know it wasn't too merry with the way the Lakers played, Magic Man, but I'm trying to keep a little bit better attitude. It is Christmas Day. I want to go ahead and ask you your thoughts real quick on this, my friend. Again, AD, when he's playing like this, you have to do something better. You have to play better as a team. The team has to understand that, you know what? We have asked AD to be more consistent with his games, with his offense. And he's finally doing it, Magic Man. He's finally giving you regular season consistency for the past, what, now go close to a month now. And you're not helping him out by going ahead and giving him good games. I mean, we saw LeBron with the 40, but then again, he's 38 years old. The rest of the team has to stand up, and it's just so deficient. As Zangerstein was saying on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, Zangerstein was saying how bad Austin Reeves and D'Lo are on defense and how atrocious Cam, who's giving you nothing on offense, and Vando, who's giving you less than nothing on offense are. It's just so bad as far as the diametric opposition between those two. Ham has to do something to find out. Maybe there's like a happy medium that he needs to work out because it's not working consistently, whatever it is. It's it's definitely not Gerald, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, it uh, right now it kind of reminds me of that uh, scene from Blue Chips where uh, Bob Cousy or Vic, the athletic director, mm -hmm. is uh, talking to Pete Bell, Nick Nolte in the in the locker room, and um, Nick uh, Pete Bell is just completely frustrated with the the kind of performance he's getting from the team. And Vic goes, you got thoroughbred. You got horses. What you need is thoroughbreds. The Lakers don't have any thoroughbreds uh, that teams will not attack at the end of games def uh, defensively, uh, defensively for fear of uh, a team being able to withstand it. You saw, you saw Gerald. Who, who, who are the Lakers predominantly attacking tonight in, in half-court sets against the Celtics, Gerald? Who would that be, my friend? Uh, they were basically trying to go at anybody except Jalen Brown or Porzingis other than AD. It, however, they have competent defenders. Derek White, Derek White was almost on his way to being an all-NBA defender that last year in San Antonio. Went to the bench, become a stout, stout player. Starting now again as a shooting guard, Drew Holiday. You can attack him, Gerald. This is a this is a guy who's been a multiple All NBA defender. Very difficult. Even LeBron, like LeBron, could handle him in the post, but out on the perimeter, it's a little bit more difficult. I would make him work more on the offensive end because if you if he beats you again, as I told you this during on playback. If he beats you, then more power to him because Drew Holiday is a volume, low percentage shooter. That's who he is. But because of the fact he plays such good defense, you're willing to take the good with the bad whenever it comes to him as concerned. If he beats you, then he beats you. You were just meant to lose if that's the case. But when you go and as far as the, you're letting all these other guys shoot from the outside because your perimeter defense doesn't cover it or D'Lo looking his idea of playing defense is just looking straight up at the guy shooting the ball. That's not going to help you. You need to contest. I saw Cam Reddish uh, when he was playing out on the top against Tatum play pretty darn good defense against him. I saw Vando a couple times when he went out and played in space against Jason Tatum. 
he played pretty good darn defense. The problem is the Lakers are just not able to capitalize on it. Just whether they give up a rebound or whether just just go out and just make the wrong thing in transition. Well, and and yeah, yeah just, it, they're not absolutely. they're not making the other team pay for their mistakes well, or for Lakers' good defense. Hundred percent, drilled. And as as you saw again, it um de- depending depending on depending on your defensive setup, right? So why 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 did they constantly watch pick and roll action? Porzingis and Brown, Porzingis and Brown, Brown is on Prince and Porzingis is on AD or Rui or LeBron. All of a sudden, Gerald, there's a switch and Reeves gets stuck on Porzingis or Prince gets stuck on Porzingis. There's no scram. There's no fall back into like a one, two, two slide zone where they throw the ball out. You can actually defend the three point line. There was no hybrid adjustments, nothing. It's almost as if it's peanut butter and jelly with Darvin Ham's defense. You know what you're going to get from him, so just attack it. It's a lunch bucket operating procedure with him. Nothing fancy, no spicy, not even spicy mustard on a ham sandwich. That's that's how basic Darvin Ham is now with offense and defense. Just really frustrating and... It's a bunch of bunk for him to say, well, you know, we do have, we, I do have the, the car to get us across the country. No, you don't. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, let me ask you this, Joe. When it comes to what you're seeing with the Lakers, obviously some things need to be done, but they're not going to be able to make the moves now. Nobody makes trades in December, and probably a lot of these teams are waiting till everybody comes off the the books as far as any protections are concerned if they're available uh, come G- January 15th for most of the players. AD comes off for example in February 8th. Vanderbilt cannot get traded at all. But what are you looking for as far as the Lakers as far as move as possible moves that could be made to help spice this team up a little bit? Unfortunately I don't see any moves uh, at its current construction. I don't know. I need to know who's truly available. The Realistic trades based off of our wants, let's say Chicago is always the, the favorite, is the Lakers would have probably have to take on Alonzo Ball's contract if, let's say, they wanted uh, Caruso or something like that. Uh, for sure, somebody like uh, Zach Levine. We're stuck on that particular trade or that particular scenario because... It's the only tidbit of information that we've gotten since the beginning of the year that that would make us interested. Who else would be available? It just I, I don't sense that the NBA is I feel like the NBA is starting to turn into the NFL in terms of the deadline. I don't. I don't. It's not what it used to be. It's you're 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 starting to see a change in the NBA, and that the deadline is not going to be as exciting as it used to be. And in a lot of ways, it's 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 a rare. It's it's rare that you make a deadline trade, and all of a sudden you see a team go all the way. Uh, you've really only seen it twice in the last thirty-two years that I've been watching basketball. One was the the Rockets trading Otis Thorpe and, and, and fillers for Clyde Drexler in 1995 the, with Portland. And then the other was 2004 when uh, the Pistons traded for uh, Rashid Wallace after he had been traded from Portland to Atlanta for, I believe, like two days. Those are the only two times I can remember where a deadline trade resulted in a championship. Now, you can probably say that the greatest deadline uh, 
trade in the last 30 years was Pau Gasol to the Lakers. I would agree with that. That, that. that to me was one of the most impactful trades I've ever seen, period, because it changed a it changed someone's legacy. It changed Kobe's legacy. Kobe doesn't do what he did in those first three years with Pau Gasol. He's probably not even in the top 10 uh, all time. Uh, and that's, 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 no one can dispute that. So not only are we in a situation in terms of trying to improve this roster, it's will it matter if they do try to uh, improve it? I don't, it, history says it's not going to be enough. It's too late. And we're in an era right now where players are just not really, teams are just not really doing that anymore, at least not like they, like they used to. So I'm at a point where can, can something happen here in the next 10 to 12, 10 to 20 games where the team figures some things out? Can we be hopeful enough to to look at it from a from the standpoint of well, if AD continues to play as well as he has all the way through the season, we would have never expected that, right? We were always waiting for AD to to finally come up, you know, lame at some point because he always seems to do that. But can we can we put our hopes in the fact that he won't do that this year? And if that's possible, maybe it's possible that D'Angelo Russell will finally fulfill his 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 talents and use them. And will Torian Prince play more consistently? And will uh, Jared Vanderbilt stop being the cowardly lion and actually have some courage under the basket? Uh, there's a hell of a lot of ifs, a hell of a lot of hope there. Me being of my, you know, who I am, I un- unfortunately don't. Don't look at things like that. I, a lot of times I, you can see what certain people are capable of enough to know that they're not likely going to change. Now, if this was a, a player that was maybe two, three years in, that'd be different. I think we do get impatient with certain players, and certain players do need a little bit more time than others. But Jared Vanderbilt has been traded three times. I believe D'Angelo's been traded four times. So I think at some point you are what you are at this point. <laughs> And uh, I'm not going to put too much hope in the fact that D'Angelo Russell is going to figure out how to play better team defense uh, down the road. And Jared Vanderbilt, I'd say, has probably more hope than D'Lo in, 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 in solving his deficiencies. Because I'd like to think at some point you'd stop being scared of shooting a layup. But that's, that's just me. LeBron, what's the best case scenario for the Lakers this year? If I had to say what's the best situation? It's probably the same way it ended last year. The only difference is we would can we if we have a a a more fresh LeBron and AD, would that make a difference? That's what it looks like right now. That's what it looks like right now. Kurt, and by I'm the s- way, the, the the this troll that oh, keeps Tom? hanging around. Tom from uh, Sacramento Kings. I'm I'm going to give you a little history lesson again. If you're not going to count championships because location changed, then you're going to be going down the list of a lot of teams that have won championships in two different cities in all of sports. So spare me your BS. The Lakers, the Minneapolis Lakers, drafted Elgin Baylor in 1959. Elgin Baylor is a Laker legend in L.A., in Minneapolis. Minneapolis Lakers had George Mikan, who was the first superstar in the NBA. That team needs to be recognized. That team is the same team that sits in L.A. now, and there's nothing you or anyone else can ever say about it. This is the greatest basketball organization in the history of basketball, even better than the Celtics. You can argue with me on that all day, and you'll still lose. So whatever you want to feel, whatever you want to say, your stats mean nothing. Your feelings mean nothing. If you don't believe me, all you got to do is travel the world and know that the Lakers are number one, and they're going to be number one for a very, very long time. To give you even more proof, the Lakers were dog doo-doo for four years, but the greatest player of our generation still came here. 
He didn't go to Sacramento. Who the hell wants to go to Sacramento and do what? Smell cow shit? No. They came to L.A., okay? Came to the Lakers, and we put another banner up in the, in the rafters. So suck on that and choke on it because that's what you guys are good at in Sacramento, choking. We know that. L.A. knows that better than anybody. And that's still Staples North, by the way. Still Staples North, and it's still Kobe's house. God rest his soul. It's so funny because his comeback to me was, oh, oh, you guys have smog in L.A. You guys have smog. Oh, it's like, whatever. He took him like five minutes to go ahead and think of that comeback. Oh, he's got five more minutes. It took him this come. Chill clowns. I know that if you're going to come with a comeback to us, please spell correctly. K-N-O-W. You can't discourage winners. Good By God, way, man. Go back to third as, grade. As much as, as much as L.A. is a cesspool in a lot of areas, if you look at the smog, if you look at the sky in the 80s versus now, there's a big difference in L.A. So the smog thing is very 1980s. Need some new material. If you want to say that, you know, L.A. stinks because they make you pay for parking at Target, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll, I'll roll with you on that one. But, but smog is an old, an old uh, negative in L.A. That doesn't, it, it, smog is not like it used to be. And, uh, yeah. It's it's that that's not gonna work. It, it goes to show you, you haven't done your research. Stick stick to now, folks. Stick to now. And the Lakers I are still smog, relevant. You idiot. Can't you get first off, clean your ears. <laughs> Secondly, K N O W. If it was a typo, I understand, but don't tell me you typoed K N O W as N O. Give me a break. That's a Sacramento education for you, right there, in its finest. My gosh, Magic Man! Though I still want to go ahead. You get. I'm still thinking about that Kurt Affair comment early on in the show when he said Joe looks like one of the bandits from Home Alone. I still yeah, well, think that's that just that's. He's saying I look like Joe Pesci. There's only one guy wears a beanie in that movie. <laughs> I've still been laughing. I was like, snake, that's, snake. that's a joke know, that's no, no, kept snake. me laughing the whole way through the show. <laughs> Tom, New Tom's material, homeless joke. people everywhere. New material, homeless people. So, so Gerald, today is uh, Christmas Day. A very blessed day for a lot of people. Get festive. Start feeling jovial and joyous. And you have a little bit to eat in the morning. You start feeling good. Most people have their family or friends around them. And I guess that applies to Tom or maybe it doesn't but he took time out of Christmas day to come troll a Lakers site and lose he's not even a good troll Tom you need to get yourself a girl man or maybe you got that blow up doll in your closet and when we're finished that's what you'll be doing because Sounds like human interaction ain't your thing. Merry Christmas, don't get triggered. Well, don't come in and hear misspell everything and then tell me about our smog in LA. This is the only trigger I have. 17 world championships, and then you say they're all in Minneapolis. Well, obviously your history is incorrect. What's what's Sacramento's biggest export except cow methane? The politicians. (laughs) <laughs> all right uh 805 says hopefully the queens don't go to vegas vegas see i asked i asked for a lob and what does he do he vandos the ball to me that's once why they again, call me the sorrel lordian once again it is the lakers fast break the lakers do lose 126 to 115 we'll be I back tomorrow we'll be back tomorrow so with uh, okay, well, yeah, we'll be back with some more fallout from today's game, plus also some thoughts on the organization. Just some little things bothering me. Magic they needed Man. a Phoenix Sun to save their team and keep it in Sacramento. How does that feel? Your own people couldn't even keep your team in there. You have to go get somebody from Phoenix. By the way, Vegas is going to be an expansion team, if that's the case. They don't want they're they've had enough of trying to bring everybody else. Yeah, Vegas doesn't want anybody uh, else's sloppy seconds. <laughs> 
That's why everybody goes to Vegas. Already, already had bad enough time with the Oakland A's coming here. All right, we're already I trying to. Accept I just want to know something. I just want to know something though. If you do get an NBA team, that means you guys are going to have all four of the major sports leagues on one in street, Vegas. literally. So I want to understand something. Well, so actually, when I no, go that, get a deal at a hotel room, is it going to say thirty nine ninety nine a uh, a night plus? The resort fees. Seven hundred and ninety-nine dollars in fees. That's of course, what I want to know. of course. That's why things okay. need to well, change. Well, with that Vegas, you can suck on this even more. Then I can't argue with that, uh, Joe. I can't. I cannot stand the, those fees myself. Just put the price just right there. The rooms per night, whatever it is, you know, to say that plus tax. That's all you need to do. Don't put extra or don't go fees to Vegas. Resort. Well, no, you do want to come to Vegas. So you got right across the street. You've got. The football going on then you could also have down las vegas boulevard you could have a baseball and basketball and hockey game going on at the same time maybe that's the future for vegas you never know you never know but magic man it is the lakers unfortunately losing 120 by the way gerald who's uh who's sponsoring the uh sacramento arena is it vagisil who's sponsoring this oh vagisil this the sacramento region yeah I, yeah because it sounds like a lot of their That'd be the most action anybody in Sacramento is getting at this point in time. So, but once again, it is the Lakers fast break. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Sacramento. I'm kidding. You're, except for Tom. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is the Lakers, unfortunately, losing 126 to 115. We'll be back for more fun tomorrow. Hopefully, less trolls. If we trolls, we'll go ahead and spend the time trolling you. That's the thing. When you troll us, you just allow us the opportunity to troll you back, and that's—I don't know if that's—I don't. We don't. I don't really troll. I just drop the the knowledge on your troll ass. I bust the bridge on your dumbass. That's it. Because yeah. you know trolls are under the bridges, or yep. something, or something. Uh, Magic man, any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? As far as the Lakers, what they need to do to get this thing right? Uh, hopefully, a couple of days off and uh, readjust and get on the win streak here again, Gerald. Seriously, we need in ninth place. We, I'd like to see at least twenty-one and fifteen before you lose another game. Let's win five in a row. That's what I'm. I want thinking. to win ten. I'd like ten. I'll stick. I'll start with a a nice small number five. It's a nice round number. Hopefully, they can increase it. So they do get a couple of days off. You're right. They do play on Thursday night uh, against Charlotte. It is at home at seven thirty p.m. The Saturday game and Sunday game. Man, check this out, guys. The Lakers get a back to back to end the year in Minnesota and New Orleans. How fun is that going to be? I have to win. I have to. I, I honestly think we could sweep that that two game set drill. But yeah, it's going to be hard. Look, the conference record is actually fairly decent for where we are uh, since we played the majority of the West. So I, I just have to keep it going here. I mean, you're bunched up there with Houston, Golden State. And and uh, the Pelicans complete playing the Pelicans and the Wolves here again. So, got stack the wins here, Gerald. We need him back. Good question, Sam. It, you know he might sit on a back to back. It's a good question that he might sit on you know, either Minnesota or New Orleans. And if that's the case, that puts the Lakers behind the eight ball once again. You cannot have AD trying to do everything himself. It doesn't work out as we saw today where he dominated but didn't get enough help alongside of him. Once again, though, it is 126 to 115. Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out, my friend? No. Okay. Uh, five in a row is good enough to according to Z. Needs to be six to seven games above 500. Be nice if we get back a little bit higher up in the standings. Uh, we're not that far behind in the Pacific Division, so let's see what we can do to get back – in the Pacific Division, let's see if we can go ahead and move up some spots before the end of the year. And it'll all start here in a couple days on Thursday. Playback.tv South Lakers Fast Break. But we'll be back tomorrow to shed some lights on our concerns with the organization. Is there some deeper-rooted problems? Is there some little things that 
we think are bothering us as far as how the future for this franchise is and will be done and will be dealt with and will be run going forward. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Plus, also as well, talk about the fallout from yesterday, today's game. We'll go ahead and talk about that coming up on Tuesday. Looking forward to the conversation. One again, wish you a Merry Christmas, the rest of the Christmas. Hopefully you are spending it with family, safe and sound. Hopefully you will continue to do so. Happy holidays to everyone. Uh, Rodell says, like I said, this team will be a sixth seed at best, more likely a playing team. Just like last year. Just like last year, indeed. Once again, it is the Lakers losing 126-115. to 115. We'll be back tomorrow with more great stuff coming right at you right here. Merry Christmas from all of us at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas!